Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is the beautiful and talented Paulette Curtis. Thank you for joining us, Paulette. Thank you for having me, Tammy. So, Paulette, tell us about what you do. What is your business? I actually work with my husband now with the response team. I'm the one in the background doing the the work and doing the little things and keeping things running behind the scenes. And then within the response team, I run my drafting business as well, where I actually do everything from the fire evacuation plans to commercial and residential drafting as well. So I'm an architectural technologist by trade and totally 180 from what my husband does, but somehow we make it work. So That's, that's how it basically works with all marriages. You, you somehow make it work. <laughs> exactly. And what is your family situation, dear? Uh, soon to be, hopefully, God be willing, empty nesters by possibly the end of May, beginning of June. We'll see how that goes. But uh, my husband and I are, um, we've got a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old. And the 19-year-old, Sean, is, our 19-year-old, is at in university and and uh, actually looking to move out to Lethbridge full-time and not move back home for the summer. And then our daughter, Robin, who's 18, has got a job and working and desperately wants to move out of the house and be on her own. So so what would you do with all that peace, quiet, and, and less work to do? <laughs> I'm getting stuff done that I haven't gotten done in years. So <laughs> got a feeling the storage room's going to get gone through at some point. Yes, all the lovely tasks that we always have on our list, but never seem to find the time or the energy to get to. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's what it's coming down to. That and scrapbooking, apparently. So <laughs> We need to take time to look after ourselves. So, hey, if scrapbooking works for you, go for it. Absolutely. All right. So thinking about back to like when you were a kid and that, when did you first start to realize that money was something important that you needed to start paying attention to it? It would have been probably during the 80s. You guys, you know how when the market crashed and everything else? Interest rates went through the roof, all sorts of fun things being here in Alberta. We also had a bit of the oil crisis and stuff. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah, well, I grew up in Saskatchewan and, and I got to experience my dad being laid off. And not just once, but several times, every time he'd find a job, low man on the totem pole, would get laid off. So I understood that there was not 
enough money to, in the household to get the things that we wanted. So that, that's kind of, I learned from my mother how to be very resourceful with what you had and how to make things work on nothing. And yeah, so the, that's kind of what I realized and knowing that if I wanted anything, I had to work for it. So if it was babysitting, delivering papers or cleaning houses, I earned whatever money I could to get the things that I wanted because I knew that my parents couldn't purchase those things for me. And how do you think that served you now as an adult and, and, and having to been a parent and now you're, you, you've raised two kids up to adulthood themselves. How do you think the lessons that you learned seeing your parents struggle with the economy and things like that, how do you think that served you? It has helped me make do with when the budget's tight and stuff, you learn how to make do with what you have and know you really don't need that. And especially with the kids, it was, you know, grocery shopping, you know how they want everything at the grocery store. And it was like, okay, no, we're going to pick one treat and that's all we're getting. And the rest, it's, it's just not in the budget. This is what we need to get with our money for our groceries this month. And that's what we did. And my children realized that, you know, they did get, they were never without, but they didn't get everything they wanted. I know for a fact that my son is very thankful for that because he watched one kid do a, a tantrum in a store and he looked at me going, thank you for saying no, mom. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> That's a big one. Like I never saw my parents laid off, but my dad was, was self-employed and, and, and my mom went back to work full time when I was like eight and stuff. And we never went without, like we always had food and clothes and things like that. But I definitely know that money was tight in that. And same thing as you, if I wanted something, I had to find the way to make the money to do it. So I started having odd jobs and stuff, working for the neighbors and then babysitting and stuff from 10 on. And I'm going, I am so thankful in so many ways for that because of all the different skills I learned and, and the resiliency and things like that, where, where some of the people that I know that led very sheltered and very pampered lives in a lot of ways, they didn't grow up with any of the skills or abilities to cope or figure things out on their own. And I'm going, oh, I'm so glad I'm not them. <laughs> exactly. Like mean, something as simple as like going to school. I learned, you know what, you didn't need any, like I room and boarded it. I didn't need a big apartment. I, you know, whatever fit in my car, that's what got moved, you know, and you learned that you only had so much money to work with and you made it happen. You lived within that budget. Well, also, and and having been in business for for so many years and seeing so many things, and I'm going, I tell people when they start out, you know what, it's actually a blessing in a lot of ways when you start out and you don't have all sorts of money and you have to learn to be much more creative and resourceful and figure out how to get things done. Because I've seen businesses that started out very well funded, and their answer to every problem was just throw money at it, and that works until you run out of money. Yep. <laughs> so a lot of people don't quite understand like how it actually can be a great blessing to not have a lot of money and, and have to learn how to properly manage it and make choices and like I said the resourcefulness and the creativity because I found so many people like you and Michael that have gone through that as 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 kids and stuff make much better entrepreneurs 
because they learned as kids how to figure things out and look at things differently rather than money fixes everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's knowing what you have and using what you have and making it work for whatever situation you're in with it. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I appreciate as much as a kid, you know, you wanted to go shopping at that store that everybody else wanted to go shopping at, but knew that the secondhand store is where you were going for your shopping, <laughs> you know, but now it's, I mean, I taught my kids how to go shopping and how to go, you know, buying a secondhand shirt is not that bad. You just got to know what quality you're looking for and what you need to find. And it's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. Oh, on, on so many levels, one of the things that, that drives us nuts and there's more and more being talked about is the fast fashion where mm-hmm. they, they have all like these, these stores, the H&M, the, the Zara, the, the Gap, all these, they're bringing out new styles and clothes every single week and pushing you to buy it. And this stuff is, is poorly made and a lot of it is hideous as far as I'm concerned and stuff like that because they're always going, they're, they're working on people's insecurities. Well, no, you always have to have the newest stuff or you're not going to fit in and things like that. And then they fall apart and it's just, it's such an incredible waste of money. Absolutely. I, like, I, I, you know how you're taught that you buy that, that pair of, that pantsuit years ago. Geez, dating myself here. You know, the nineties, you buy that office outfit that goes with everything. And I mean, there's still that element of having that classic outfit. You don't need everything from brand new. So. Well, yeah. And there's, there's so much stuff. Another thing. Well, not just the fast fashion with, with it like damaging your wallet. And like I said, I don't believe it's good for anybody's self-esteem, but where do all these clothes go? Like all the thrift store people say, well, I'll just donate it and stuff like that. They can't even keep up with it. So this stuff. You, you you have all the chemicals and the stuff that's going into making it. Where is it being made? And sweatshops that are, are death traps and falling apart. And then you got all the chemicals and stuff so that people can have like these $10 dresses and things like that that are going to be hitting a landfill in two months. Absolutely. It, it seems like when we're in an economy that, you know, you, you're recycling and doing everything else, it just seems such a waste. There's there's so many different ways of, of looking at things, not just the cost of like, okay, the money out of your wallet and stuff, but other one is that that's becoming more and more aware is the simplification movement. Like how much clutter and stuff do you have in your house that's sucking away your energy and and taking away your attention from the things that you actually want to be doing and where you want to be going in life because you have to maintain all of this mess that you've collected over the years that you spent good money on. <laughs> yes. I, I'm starting to realize that as the kids are moving out, like you don't need everything. And it's funny because as they're moving out, I'm going, what furniture can you take with yeah, you? Yeah, what are you taking with you to get it out of my house? Exactly. Like, I really don't need this wine rack. It's, well, you need a wine rack, but not that. <laughs> not one that collects dust. Um, yeah, but, you know, simple things like, yeah, there's there's so much stuff. I'm actually really blessed. My one, my, I'm blessed with two mother-in-laws, but my one mother-in-law, she kind of has a rule that if she hasn't used it in six months, it's gone. You know, it is out of her house. And it's, it's something I would love to strive for because I mean, yeah, it's just stuff. It, 
can't take it with you when when you're gone. And it needs to be maintained while it's here because it's like, can you find the stuff that you actually want under the stuff that you don't need or care about and the cleaning and the insurance and heaven forbid you ever move. Yes. Oh my goodness. No, <laughs> that would be, we do need to move every so often just to purge period. So I, I, I think that is a wonderful thing. And with it, the weather getting warm and stuff, my husband get is getting nervous because I'm very much, I hate clutter. So I go through things on a very regular basis to just, get rid of stuff and he always gets worried because <laughs> he's he's much more of a pack rat than I am and I'm not quite as strict as as your mother-in-law with the six month rule because I'm going okay if I haven't used it in like two years because there's some things that okay I don't have a lot of time with with looking after the family and the business and stuff but I do get into stuff but I'm going if I've got something that I haven't touched in two years then it goes or things yeah. that I don't I know I don't like anymore or stuff like that so and especially because we're getting ready to do renovations and going, I know it will be beautiful when we're done, but I am not looking forward to going through it. I'm going, the less stuff I have to move about, the better. Absolutely. Yeah, that's just, I mean, unless it's neatly organized that you know exactly where to find it. There's people, yeah, there's people that I know that, you know, just go buy a new one, can't find it. And then you realize that they've got five of the same item and you're going, oh my goodness, why do you have five? Well, I couldn't find it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge, huge problem. But I'm just going, when, when you're renovating and you have to empty out an entire room, where are you going to be putting it? <laughs> so the less you have to move, the better. But anyway, so you now have, you have two kids that are now legal adults, freshly legal. What are some of the things that, that they're, you're noticing have changed about them and how they're looking at money now that they're having to be a lot more independent? And you, you've got one that's already, living on his own away from home and one that's planning on it. What are some of the things you're noticing with them? Um, well, with Sean, he is, it is crazy how he has grown up in the past year. Um, watching him, like even him finding this apartment that, or this townhouse that he's moving into, he really looked at the value of, of the amount it would cost him compared to living at the dorm because he's paying for all of his education right now. That's coming out of his pocket. So he's seeing that. He's also seeing that the value of him actually staying down there and possibly getting a job because him moving back every summer, he can't keep a job year round and working four months up here and then going back down there. It doesn't work for him right now. So just seeing him make those adult decisions it's like, oh my goodness, my kid, my my little boy's grown up. Oh, you must be so proud of him. <laughs> that I am, because I mean, every time you, well, are you doing okay? Do you need anything? Mom, I've got it covered. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm good. And even my daughter, I mean, she's kind of learning that, oh, you're not going to school. You are not covered by your parents' health coverage or your health coverage because you're not, you're not going to school and you're working. And she goes, well, that's why I have, mom, I've got a fund and God bless you for teaching them because they've both been through your financial journeys course. But she's got her fund that if stuff goes awry, she has something to fall on. So it is good to hear her that she's got that building. I don't have a clue what's in there, but that's really, you know, that's the other thing about being a parent. You kind of got to back off and let them figure this out on their own. That can be hard. There's so many, we want, we want to help them and protect them, but we have to let them 
deal with some of the difficulties and falling on their face. Anything that isn't going to be like too major so that they can learn from it. Because we're not always going to be there to save them. Exactly. And I mean, that that's our all our goals as parents is to give them those tools that once they get to that point that they're flying, I, I kept bugging them because, you know, I, I'm making the nest uncomfortable for you because I'm kicking you out. Yeah. Now, now I've kicked him out of the nest. And, and I mean, what I've told him is if I have not taught you to fly on your own wings, I have failed as a parent. And they have been flying on their own wings and doing it. And it is just amazing to stand back and watch and go, okay, we did okay. You know, all that panic when they were younger. And it's like, nope, nope, they're getting it. They're doing it. Well, what, what were what were some of the things that you, that you and, and Michael focused on teaching them about money as they were growing up? So you said your kids are 18 and 19, which is, Yes, they're adults, but they're still very young and they're handling things better than a lot of adults in their mid twenties are doing. So what were some of the things that you focused on as a parent to teach them about money? We used the jar system with them when they were younger. Um, they understood, you know, what was savings and what was, you know, play and what was, you know, the whole entire system. So it was really good to actually see them understand that. Uh, they haven't, they, I mean, we didn't push them to get jobs when they were in high school for the simple fact that their number one job in high school was to get good marks. And that was their main focus. It was more so them just watching what we did. You know, they knew that what the power bill was. I showed them like this past year, especially with Robin, these are what the bills are coming in at. This is what you need to know in running a house. Now it's not going to be that big when you have an apartment. This is what you have to pay. This is your insurance for your car because they both own their own cars, their own vehicles to get around. And I mean, we really pushed for them to get their own vehicles for their own independence to be able to get that job. I mean, living out in Airdrie, they've got if they want to get a job in Calgary, they have to drive or else learn how to use a transit system. Well, they've they've learned that they have vehicles to maintain and they're both very proud of their vehicles that they've they've got something and they realize the importance of having that vehicle and that ability to take themselves for Sean to take himself for groceries or uh, French fry runs with his friends. But, you know, he has that ability. So, I mean, they've, they've been slowly working on having their, um, what costs come with that vehicle, you know, Sean now with his apartment now, what costs, you know, I mean, we went through, I went through with them just to understand, I mean, grocery shopping, taking them grocery shopping with me and going, okay, so these are the fruits and vegetables that last a long time. These are the, you know, if you don't get a meeting within a week, it's not the end of the world, you know, and the, just the value of what they could get for their money in order to make a grocery run last, you know, I mean, they're not living off of progies, thank goodness. <laughs> so. Usually your university students are living off of ramen noodles. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, my son has learned how to use lentils. That That's the amazing thing. <laughs> and bulk barn is his best friend right now. Yeah, well, you know what? I love, I love the fact that you said, didn't really think about so much about formally teaching, but should, like my kids know what the power bill is and understanding that. And, and so many parents overlook that. Like our kids 
from when they're little, even up to like teenagers and stuff, when you think they're not paying any attention at all, they still are, and they're going. When when you make them aware of, like you said, just the normal cost of running a household, and 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 what does it cost for groceries and stuff, and then and and one that I've I've had a lot of people have to teach is okay, you can you can you can spend thirty dollars going out to eat, or this is what you can get with thirty dollars smart shopping at the grocery store. Absolutely. And, and and just learning those those skills so that they can start building on them and, and asking questions. So are your kids asking you anything more? Like now with Sean being out on his own and stuff, is he asking questions and, and for advice and help because he's or is he all just completely fingering you out on his own? He goes to his dad for the advice. You know, when things are going awry for him, he he has that open conversation with Michael. Which is good because I'm I'm the loving supportive one. Michael's the realist from time to time. <laughs> the good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to talking, it's it's dad that kind of covers that that area for him. But he but he does feel comfortable coming back, and and that's important. Uh, you guys have obviously done a good job, not with just the teaching, but being a a, a safe and respected resource because. There's so many kids that go through that that stage where mom and dad are my parents and therefore don't know anything. So, well, and we've given them that space of to mess up, and you know, Michael's favorite line is "good decisions, good consequences; bad decisions, bad consequences." <laughs> yeah. And they've got that literally ingrained in their heads. So, I mean, when you make a bad decision, the consequences aren't that great. So, to finish off here. If you could have your your two ones, Robin and Sean, they get three things about money that they just fully get, and you feel like you have been a successful parent, what are the three things you want to make sure that the kids know? Understanding credit and credit cards. That one's a big one because it's such a slippery slope if you aren't careful. Did did uh, Sean get hit on during uh, his first week in university by like every bank and credit card company out there? Um, I think so, but he was smart. He only has the one that I know of. So, <laughs> but he's very smart on paying it off every month. So, you know, I'm I'm so grateful that he's able to do that and understand that. Well, yeah, and a lot of people think, okay, no, all credit cards are bad. No, they're great for building up credit if they're used properly. The part that that worries me is how many kids are going off. Yeah, in the first week of university, they have every credit card company, every bank everyone there hitting on all these kids and most of them do not have the financial knowledge and background that Sean and Robin do. Yeah, absolutely. So understanding credit and credit cards. What are the other two? Number two, number two with them. Um, understanding that saving your money and getting a house sooner than later is a good thing or some type of residence where you aren't paying rent and actually having it go in your pocket. I've actually, one of my, our friend's sons, he lived at home and worked his tail end off and was able to purchase a house in his, or a townhouse in his mid twenties. And I would love to see them be able to do that and at least know and start saving versus not doing anything and watching their money go down in rent because it is a slippery, like with rent. Yeah. That one's a big one. Okay. And what would be the third one? And it's okay to follow your dreams. Sometimes dreams come in weird forms. You know, Michael's now following his dream, building our business with a response team. And I know my daughter is going down a 
different path here. She's not doing the university thing or the tech thing right now because she's not sure what she wants to do. And she's learning. I, I joke around that she's doing the university of life and she's just trying to figure out where her way is and knowing that, you know what? As they joke around that A students teach B students how to work for C students. Oh, completely. Really hoping that, you know, that the, them watching us, Michael and I build our business, that they're not afraid that if they have a dream that they want to build something and start their own business and not be, you know, tied to that job. Because trust me, there's days that I love being able to pick my schedule, you know, that they have that ability and and that encouragement to go out and do it versus working in the workplace, that they've got that ability to follow their dreams and understand how a business works and yeah, just go somewhere with their dreams. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. And I fully, fully get that because you're, you and me are the same generation and and school and parents and all that work hard, get good grades, find a company stay there forever, get the pension and all that, that doesn't exist anymore. And even if if it did, that's no fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know from watching, like watching my parents, I know for a fact that Michael and I needed to save for our retirement because we don't expect to be anything there. You know, we have, we've got to do that and watch. And I hope that they start seeing and and saving for that as well. Oh, I'm sure that you're, I'm sure with all the things that your your kids have learned and, and, and their smart cookies that they will do just fine. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Tammy. All right. Have a great day, Paulette. You as well. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.